I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. You can now listen to all of our episodes and see show notes at FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. I am here with Lauren Lane. Lauren's the executive director of the Skepticon conference every year. And I wanted to bring her in to talk about what it's like to run a conference of that size, because it is huge and it takes a whole lot of effort. So thanks for being here. And, you know, as we get closer, when is Skepticon? It's November 13th through the 14th, or 15th this Through year. the 15th, and yeah. we're, as we're getting closer to it, how mm. stressed out are you getting? I mean, right now, I'm feeling pretty good, but the closer it comes, like, the more stressed out and, like, mm, mm, stress <laughs> dreams happen, and I'll get, like, the night sweats, I wake up, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, the thing, but after eight years of doing it, I feel like we've gotten it down, Yeah. so I... I've, I'm less worried, or maybe my worries are less founded on actual <laughs> like things that are going to go wrong. So, so what's new about this Skepticon compared to all the other ones? This year, we're having all new speakers, so there are no returning names. Okay, so that's that sounds hard in a sense. Like, how do yeah. you find... Is that hard to find brand new speakers to address a conference of that size? I guess so. I think, you know, our method for finding speakers has always been make a giant list, make a giant list, and then argue for hours over the names that we've chosen on this list between, like, the eight of us. So I think it's just changing that we've had to exclude people who have been at the con before, which, I mean, it was relatively easy to do. Yeah. Um, what are some of the people you have coming this year? So many! I have all the <laughs> names. Which names do you want? Um uh, whichever ones uh, people seem to be really excited about or when you announce them, they're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. How did you get that person? Because there were a couple names that I thought that when I saw the list. Oh, well, see, I don't know which names those are. I, I know the first one uh, that stood out to me just because it was different from anyone I'm used yeah. to hearing talk to like an atheist audience. Mm -hmm. There was like an MMA fighter. Yes. Mary Ann Franks. She does Krav Maga. Or no, wait, no. You're talking about Fallon Fox. But we have yes. more than one person you have more who does like that's crazy. styles. So yeah. what? Do, yeah, what? What's the connection to skepticism then? I mean, Fallon has is an atheist and has like attended a few cons. I think she went to American Atheist Conference, and I don't know. We just were like, we wanted. This sounds really silly because this is getting into the mind of Skepticon. Yeah. We're, like, we're very theme, or maybe I'm very theme oriented. We're like skate, yes, sports, skating, <laughs> active. We need people who are active. We want athletes to come this year. And so she was one of the people that popped up as an atheist athlete. So that is why we reached out to her. That's interesting. I, I remember going to some conference once where I heard an opera singer yeah. talk about skepticism. And it's yeah. like, what's the connection there? And she's like, you have no idea how much superstition there is yeah. in our world that the, out, the public never hears about it. You just see True. the product on stage. Yeah. And I wonder how much there is in, like, something like MMA and something like uh You know, I'd imagine it's fighting. like, you know, like so soccer, maybe baseball, where you wear your lucky socks and you don't <laughs> wash them or something. Or, like, you have a ritual that you do before you bat where, like, you, you get a hit. Like, I think sports is very superstitious. Yeah, absolutely. How do you guys put on... This is a free conference. Yes. And you're bringing in a ton of speakers. You are basically... You're flying them in, which costs mm -hmm. a lot of money. Uh, you have to secure a venue, which costs a lot of money. How the hell do you keep it free for people to come? Lots and lots of hard work. How, so what, what goes into that? Because I'm sure there are people who are like, I would love to come to Skepticon, but if I can't come to Skepticon, mm -hmm. it would be so cool if that was somewhere in my area. Right. But as any conference organizer I've talked to, 
uh, has said, like, yeah. I, it, the hardest part is trying to get a little bit of funding. So maybe you could bring in one person and you can hit up donors in your area maybe to pitch in. But like, th- that's not easy to do. And yet yeah. you guys are going on eight years of a free conference where you bring in like dozens of people. How does that happen? Is it all donors? Is it all mm-hmm. something else? Where's How are you making that work? It's a combination of things. You know, we we crowdfund, I guess, in a way, and that we get a lot of donations from the people who are coming. And then we try to do fun fundraisers where, you know, we have T-shirts for sale or something. And then we have sponsorships that we offer for businesses and then um, tables. Selling table space helps. It's like a combination of all of those things. But I would say for the most part, it's people just donating money. Just uh, they're us. grateful for the yeah. conference itself. Yeah, and you, we offer incentives. Like if we have like a $100 donation, you get a certain thing at the con. Like yeah. we, we try to keep it. Like you're not just giving us money. Like you're getting something in return. Not only a conference, but also this extra perk. And is there anything? St- I mean, here's the question then. Skepticon is one of, I think there's like one or two big free conferences that mm-hmm. happen right now in the country. Is there any reason other people couldn't do it somewhere else? Or is there some special sauce in Skepticon that says, all right, we can do this here, but good luck trying to start it somewhere else? I don't know if there's a special sauce as much as you have to work really, really, really effing hard to get a con off the ground because, you know, you're doing all the groundwork, you're doing all the fundraising, and it's all on you, and and it's hard. It's hard work, and it's often thankless work, and, and... and how many of you are, you said eight of you are on the yeah. staff of putting this together. How many yeah. of you are doing this like full time? Oh, full time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe about half that at, at a given moment. Like I'm consistently in the mix. And then there's, um, you know, Floyd and Rebecca and other Rebecca. And, <laughs> you know, it really, it, it, we all have our separate jobs that we've kind of like mm, separated over the years that we, what we're good at, what we want to do. So there's someone for tables, someone for workshops, someone who works on sponsorships and, I do a lot of the speaker wrangling because, you know, my name, I guess, is more associated with Skeptic mm-hmm. So they. So you're not doing, none of you are doing this full time, but no. this is all just, is it volunteer or an, anyone getting paid for this? <laughs> no one gets paid for Skepticon. So it's all volunteer yes, run. all volunteers. And how much, I mean, how much time are you talking that it takes for someone wanting, saying, I want to put this together myself oh or my something? God. I don't know if I want to say because it's going to make me sad. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's basically a part-time job for me. Yeah. And, and... I'm sure for others as as their jobs become more important during the year. So and and closer to You're like a tax accountant or something in yeah. March or April. Yes. <laughs> At all times. <laughs> exactly, exactly, because there's one moment of the year that's pivotal and everything yeah. else is just like the groundwork. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um so what are you do you get to enjoy Skepticon when it comes around or are you just a constant <laughs> ball of stress? I think it's more the second one. Yeah. Because I'm constantly concerned, like, there's something going wrong, or we got to get this set up, or we need to wrangle these people for this thing. But I would say it's gotten less stressful over the years because we've done it before. We know how to, like, roll with the problems and the punches that come our way, and we can kind of anticipate when things are happening. And everyone's gotten really good at, like, stepping up and doing what they can do. When you're talking to other conference organizers, because I'm sure you guys swap war stories of all (laughs) sorts... Uh, what are some of the problems maybe that other conferences have that you guys have avoided? Yeah. Is there anything unique to Skepticon in terms of the issues that might come up? I don't know, because of it's a, it's a free conference? I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't think of any problems that we have that other cons don't. I mean, when you get a bunch of people in one space, it's, 
fairly typical stuff. Like there's going to be maybe some fights or some disagreements or someone's going to be naked in the elevator. Of course. I, like you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think we have any, well, I guess, you know, there was that one gun incident that we don't have, but yeah. Like, someone was just being stupid, basically, yeah. and yeah, scared some people. Yes. But, and so what do you do in that situation? Because mm-hmm. you're not trained to deal with that no. specific situation, so how do you handle that sort of thing? Because right. you don't expect that going into an event. Exactly. Well, we just worked with the, the convention center security because they had a protocol in place, but it happened off campus, so we were right. it was very, like gray area if there was ever a gray area for a problem yeah one of the things i don't i wouldn't want to follow you like during skepticon weekend because you're doing so many different things and i don't sleep yeah and anyone who's coming to the conference like go sit down and enjoy the conference we will handle everything else (laughs) (laughs) exactly how did this thing even begin uh way back when when jt and i were undergrad students at missouri state university we had you know we hatched this plan to bring some speakers to campus and that was PZ and Richard Carrier and then we liked it doing it the first year we decided to do it again and then it just got and bigger did you get funding from the campus to do it that first yes. year yes you know as a student group we got so much money to, to put on events and that's where most of our funding came from although the university was not exactly um helpful or <laughs> we had to like front a lot of that first year on our own and then get paid back later which was ridiculous yeah especially when you're college students already yeah, yeah. Uh, so you did it that first year. What made you think, all right, let's do this again? Well, I, it was very stressful, but afterwards we were just on such a high. We were like, yes, we did it. People loved it. We changed hearts and minds. We are on fire. <laughs> and then we decided we had to do it again. And and then it just like just the momentum just kept building up. Like every year it would be hard, but it would be worth it. And we would be fueled to do another another year. And one of the things I constantly are. hear from people who attended that conference is, you know, that was awesome. Yeah. They've been to paid conferences where they had to pay registration and stuff that yeah. didn't have the variety of speakers or as pleasant an experience for whatever reason. Wow. And I'm just, I'm wondering, like, how did you guys figure this stuff out? Because, again, this mm. isn't an insult, but you guys were college students. You don't know what you're doing in terms of putting on a conference. I know everything. Don't right? you know that? My God. But there are professional <laughs> organizers that run some of these conferences, or yeah. they do this full time, mm-hmm. and they can't achieve the sort of just good, positive experience that a lot of people get. Yeah. What is it about you guys that makes it work? We're we're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it we learn by trial and error, and then I think you know, doing some research, um, asking other people who have done it before how they handled problems, or just using common freaking sense and being like, if we were going to a con, what would we want to see? What would we want to do? How would we want to be treated? And took it from there. Is there anything you did at one of those earlier Skepticons that Mm -hmm. now you're just like, oh, I can't believe we did that? Yeah, we tried to do like a speaker... A volunteer dinner at one point and it was just like a total hot mess because there was only so many meals and like more people showed up than we had meals for and so people were sharing meals and I felt really bad yeah and how what's the protocol for those of us who don't uh if you just show up to Skepticon and yeah. enjoy the conference yeah. we don't ever see what happens behind the scenes mm-hmm. uh let's say Skepticon just ended yeah. What are you and your team doing afterwards? Besides, like, I'm assuming, I was going to say sleeping and then having, like, a crazy drunken celebration of sorts. But, like, <laughs> after all that dies down, yeah. like, what's the postmortem for the conference? What do you do? Well, I think after the con, I think on Sunday night, we all get together and we just kind of decompress and 
and talk about the weekend, how it went, and you know, we tell each other stories. Like, remember when I was skipping down the hallway? Yeah, there was a thing happening. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I had a smile on my face, but <laughs> yes, everything was fine. <laughs> And then um, we just we take a good month off. Like we don't we don't really talk about it or do any work on the next mm-hmm. year. But we may, we might look at the first thing I think uh, we do work wise is look at comments and suggestions from the, that year that people left you. Yeah, because when the con is fresh in our mind, we can decide whether or not the comment is helpful or hurtful. And what are some of the helpful yeah. comments you've gotten? Well, um, gender neutral bathrooms. Uh, workshops were a, a suggestion. We were like, we should have workshops. <laughs> That's fucking genius. Yeah. Yeah. I, just tons of stuff. Because all like, these people are coming in yeah. and they're like, yeah, you want to hear the speakers, but it's like, I want to do something. Yeah. And the workshops kind of help you get active. Exactly. And the dance was also a suggestion. Maybe not like on a suggestion card, but someone was like, there should be a dance at Skepticon. And so last year you had a prom of yeah, sorts. Yeah, so we had a prom. I was like, this is <laughs> true. We need a dance. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. <laughs> Something I've never seen anywhere else, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're welcome, America. Well, it was cool. You guys had photographers and a DJ and everything. Yeah, I we just, we had... I think we just had the photo booth, and then oh, okay. Josiah took it upon himself to sit there and take pictures of everybody, which was really great. But yeah. He, he loved it, and it worked out. And your videos are awesome, too. Like, how does yeah. that work? Uh, we, I've, this sounds weird, but if, it's almost like, you know, there was someone up above had a hand in this. Yeah. <laughs> but the Skepticon team, we all seem to have a diverse uh, set of skills. Rob, who went to college with JT and I, um, he is really into video. And he's made a documentary, and he's making another one about Thunderdome. It's about his Nerf. Uh, <laughs> that sounds weird, but he he made like a Nerf battlefield in his backyard out of pallets, and he he's like, oh, it's crazy. You have to Thunderdome. Google Thunderdome. it. It's amazing. Yes, and so he does all of our videos for us, and as he's gotten better, the videos have gotten better, and he's really a stickler for making them good. Yeah, and that's one of the. I mean, that's one of the nice things about being able to do this year after year, which yeah. is everyone just ups their game, and it's awesome yeah. because everyone's better at what they're doing. Yeah. And- Things are smoother, and like it's said, really cool. Like I said, eight years in, I think we're getting a handle on what we need to do. Yeah. So when you go to other conferences, mm-hmm. what's going through your head? I, I don't really go to other conferences. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. Like or when you talk to other conference organizers, yeah. like, what do you pick their brains about? What do you want to know from them? Oh, I, I mean, I want to know, uh, I mean, what what's next for them? Like, what are they thinking about in the future? Like, uh, because, you know, Con- I feel like specifically conferences like ours where like it, the power is not necessarily in an organization's hands, that you can do so much more with what, what the con is about. and Because you don't necessarily have yeah, to we don't have pimp to answer. the group. Yeah, yeah, we're not pimping a group. We're just pimping dinosaurs, so it's a lot different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what is the reaction you get from people who mm-hmm. come to the conference? Yeah, they love it, yeah. but like, is it, there something specific about it that they really liked? I think they just like how lighthearted and fun it is. And, uh, yeah, I think w- we, as a team, we really enjoy doing Skepticon. We like we like putting it on. And so I think that translates. Like, people are like, these people are really loving it. And, and they, in turn, the people coming love it. Yeah, and I think the speakers are always bringing mm-hmm. kind of their, this sounds weird to say, yeah. but they're bringing their A game when they're giving a talk, too, in terms of this is the thing I want to say to, how many people are you getting at Skepticon? About 1,500. Which is crazy. Yes. Like, that's a lot of people for any atheist. It's like a low number for a church, mm-hmm. but it's a high number for, like, an atheist <laughs> yeah, conference. Yeah, we're not quite to church levels yet, <laughs> one of these days. Yeah, but they, 
when you get a chance to talk to like 1500 skeptics, mm-hmm. atheists, it's like, what message do you want to send them? Cause it better be interesting. Yeah. Well, and then we tell speakers like, we don't really care what you talk about. We just want you to be really, really excited to tell these people about it. Yeah. Like, what do you want to talk about? We don't want. Any, and it's like, neat because not everyone's yeah. talking about atheism. Yeah. I don't need yes. to convince 1500 atheists why they shouldn't believe in God. They're <laughs> yeah. talking about their passions and there their other either. issues yes. that may be tangentially related to religion. Yeah. But I remember like one of the first time I went to Skepticon uh-huh. and you guys basically said to me, like, talk about whatever you want. I'm like, I want to, talk about math and you guys whatever all right and it was a blast it was so much fun that was very cool uh and it's the sort of um uh you could do whatever you want that's something you don't hear from every conference Mm. uh do you think one of the things i've noticed just watching kind of the atheist world there are so many conferences some local ones that are maybe smaller venues and stuff but just a lot of them. I mean, it's kind of hard to live anywhere right now and not be within a few hours driving distance from so one of them. Are we experiencing some sort of like overabundance, oversaturation of conferences? And is that going to hurt yeah. some of them? Or I wonder about that too. But I think I'm just more excited that more people are doing things than I worry about oversaturation or you know, something like Skepticon dying because there's just too many cons out there because it's good to see people, you know, taking that into their own, own hands and, and making it happen in their area, like bringing someone to speak or yeah. a dozen someones to speak. What advice do you have for someone who wants to start, maybe not a conference, but yeah. okay, I want to bring a speaker or two, right. try to get some local people together mm-hmm. to enjoy that, experience it. Yeah. Um, how do you even get started with something like that? I always say start small, like only bring in a couple of speakers because what you learn on a smaller scale will help you as you grow or decide to abandon this project and be prepared to do a lot, a lot of work. It, it's, it's very thankless, but there's a lot of details that go into bringing in someone. So if they need, let's say they need money to bring in a speaker. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how much that would be depending on where this person is from. I think everyone at Skepticon who speaks there Mm -hmm. foregoes an honorarium. They do. Yeah. Uh, so they might get their flight and stuff paid for, but that's like it. They're not getting paid for actually speaking, but they get paid in our love. Yes. Which is <laughs> priceless. Yay. But yeah, if you're trying to get money for that sort of thing mm-hmm. to bring someone in or to yeah. rent a venue or something like that, where, where do you even get that? Where do you start with that? If I'm a college student and right. I have no money and I mm. have a lot of debt, Ooh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, college is perfect because you can create a group and then you get funding through campus. Okay, so doing it through school yeah. is one way because the school good. has money for that sort yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say I'm out of school and local. Yeah. Like, who do, I, who do I ask for money? How do I find this money? I would say national organizations. You should hit them up. And then find other organizations in your town that might be interested in partnering with you. And then uh, get the word out. Ask just people, people with dollars to give you money, people with no dollars to give you their time. Uh, I feel like there's no rock you should leave unturned when fundraising because any idea could work. Like Skepticon has done many things and many things have sucked. Like we did, I think a cookbook once and no one cared about it. Mm-hmm. And we did a children's book once and no one cared about it. Like <laughs> you just try things and, and bottom line, have fun doing it because you know, you're, it's going to be hard. And if it's not fun, you're not going to, what have been going. the more, more successful fundraisers for you guys? Um, Begging really in fun ways. <laughs> what are what are some of the fun ways? <laughs> oh man, I think we did. I mean, we did a Reddit AMA where we like did shots for however many upvotes. Like maybe we didn't get a lot of money, but we got drunk. So, so someone won. Someone won. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all won that day. 
As long as you're typing while you're getting yes, more wasted. Yes. As long as you have one thumb ready for texting. <laughs> I, I think I would have to look at like the actual numbers to tell you what is the most successful. But I think right now, like this year, registration for the event is where we get the most money because people are looking at, um, you know, our our call. It's like you know, if everyone who came gave like twenty bucks, it would really help cover most of our costs here. And, and so it's a free convention, and but they do have to register so your their name is in your books. Yes. Yeah. But they can donate if they want to. Exactly. And more people are donating. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's just saying, nope, I'm not giving yeah, you. Yeah, more people donate because, you know, we, we ask many times during that process. <laughs> I feel like just ask a lot. Like, you're going to get sick of asking people to give you money, but just don't give up. Just be like, hey, you know, hey, we, by the way, by the way, we, we need money to make this happen. And, and so. I've heard that from professional fundraisers. They're just oh, like, hey. yeah, it's going to be an awkward thing to do. Yes. But you're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Like um, be prepared for the no and like way psyched when you get the yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How far in advance do you think about future Skepticons? A year. Is it so, uh, are you thinking about, this is the one coming up now, yeah. Skepticon 8. Yes. Are you already thinking about nine? Yeah, we've already locked down a date. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And is that all the thought that goes into it right now? It's just like, okay, we locked down the date. Yeah. We, we haven't thought about speakers yet. We haven't thought right. about anything different that we're going to do. Yeah. But we got the important thing booked so yeah. we can revolve around that thing. <laughs> I think just by chance we already have more done for next year than we have any other year because um, when we were reaching out to new speakers, there were some people that couldn't do it this year, but were interested mm. in doing it in the future. So we have maybe four or five people who are already pretty. So you have some names on the I list do. that you're like, all right, we'll get in touch with them for the next one. That's awesome. Exactly. Um, so what can people do if they want to come to Skepticon, mm-hmm. if they want to donate, which, hey, hey by the way, dollar, dollar bills. Um, what should they do? They should go to Skepticon.org. Check us all out. We've got everything there on the website, where you should go, what you should do, where you're going to stay. Um, and if you want to throw us a couple dollars to make one of the coolest, most dinosaur-riddled conferences <laughs> in the world happen, we would greatly appreciate it. And the conference takes place where? Springfield, Missouri. Springfield, Missouri. So it's pretty mm. much driving distance from, I don't know, a giant the swath of, of the country. I think yeah. that's Ken Ham's tagline, too. Like, we're driving distance be- for like two-thirds really? of the country. Ew, Ken Ham. Yeah, I know. You're just like him. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> Dinosaurs and everything. Oh, my God, why? <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Lauren. And yeah, as someone who has been to Skepticon and spoken there, I am telling you it's a really, really good conference. And if you are anywhere near the Missouri area, give yourself uh, like take the chance, take the time to go there and enjoy it and experience. It's really good. Come hang out with us. We're cool. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois, and the music was written and performed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at Patreon.com slash Hemant. That's He-Man T. We appreciate your support. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time. Thank you.